All right. Well, if you haven't been with us the last couple weeks, we are in the middle of a series called Roots. John, Tracy, come on up, guys. I don't want to be up here in my overalls alone for too long. So you'll get to know them a little bit. Uh, what, what we've been doing... Hey, buddy. Hey. hey. Um, so here's that for one of you guys. No secrets. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so the Root Series, we've been interviewing a different Fieldstone family every Sunday. And, and uh, if you don't know uh, what we're about, our mission here is to transform family trees with the gospel. And so uh, we've been interacting with a different family or a different individual and trying to get below the surface and find out uh, how Jesus has had a major impact on them as individuals and then ultimately on their entire family. Um, and so we've kind of gone below the surface a little bit to, to the type of conversation that doesn't happen at first introductions, like, like, hi, my name is Justin, I'm really messed up, right? That stuff doesn't necessarily come out, but this series is, yeah, it's an opportunity to have some of those conversations. And uh, this is John and Tracy Akshamovich, and I said that correctly, I spent six months working on that last name, um, and they uh, came to us uh, in the fall, right? Uh, when, when abouts did you guys... Uh, Actually, January. January, Okay. Um, so just a few months now, and um, they both serve in guest services and, and do some great work. John helps with the security team on a few of the Sundays. Um, so we've been excited to have them around. We're going to jump right in because this story gets deep real fast, okay? When uh, yeah, here, let me make sure that thing's on. Yeah, we're, oh yeah, you're on. It's Evan's fault. Those dang, te- those dang tech guys. Can you hear me? No. Evan, we got number, uh, wireless number one here. We'll just trade on and off if we need to. that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll, we'll get it figured out. This is Evan, everybody. He hates the fact that he's standing up here right now, but he does a great job. Uh, all our sound guys are, are fantastic. And nine, nine times out of ten, it's not their fault. Um, so we, we really appreciate them. He'll, he'll make it hot when he gets back there. But anyways, so we'll start with the first one, and if, if you've got a trade-off on the microphone, that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll dive right into the first question because... Mm-mm. No? No. John has a story to share? All Your right, we're video, off script already. We're like 30 seconds in. Your video was awesome. The video was awesome. When my sweet bride was pregnant with Jacob, who was my firstborn that I had with her, uh, we were to drive through in a bank. and drive through. No exiting. open the doors. <laughs> so I rolled up the windows. Oh, no, John. Texas John. in the summer. John. Yeah, she threw up. Oh, no. So that video was you guys. That's amazingly horrible. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. All right. So now you know how messed up they are. Uh, now we can get into the good stuff, right? Um, okay, so this first question, and, and I met with these guys a few weeks ago and kind of went over some of their story, and it's just amazing to hear. And, um, but this first question kind of takes a very quick 90-degree turn. Okay, so you guys have been married for about 25 years, right? Correct. Okay. Um, ch- test that out one more time. Hello? Can you hear me? All right, well... We'll get it working. Cause... All right, so you guys can swap back and forth. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you've been married about 25 years, right? Yes. So, so where did you meet the first time? In church. Oh, see, now that sounds really nice. That My sounds... husband introduced us. Okay, see, that's where it takes the, ni- that... Now, that, that's where it takes the 90 degree turn, okay? And, and, uh, and, and things get very interesting from there. And certainly, you giggle about it, I giggle, giggle about it, we all giggle about it, but there are some realities behind this story that we have to get into, right? 
So you met at church, and we have a wedding photo, I believe, um, of kind of you guys' look back then. Um, that's <laughs> the, the puffy shoulders. But Tracy, your husband, introduced you to, um, and John, you were, all, you were already divorced at that point, correct? That is correct. You had had a previous marriage. First marriage um, was horrible. So the first one was horrible. So this could head in a lot of different directions from here. So we're, we're going to try to split it up. So uh, we're going to go one at a time. John, we're going to start with you. Um, give us, John, kind of a quick version of where you were coming from. Like, leading up to that day when you two were introduced, what, what role did faith play in your life? What, what was the story with your first marriage? Who was John Akshamovich leading into that moment? Very good. Well, I'm going to start with my childhood. Okay. Uh, my mother raised me in the Catholic Church until I was about six, at which point uh, she had divorced my real father at that point. Okay. Uh, he was an abusive alcoholic. So uh, at that point when she remarried, he had no time for church. It was a waste of time. Yeah. Why are you doing this? So my life turned away from what little I had in the Catholic Church to growing up. And there was no God. By mm. the time I was a teenager, uh, I used to go cruise Main Street, have a good time. Whatever I wanted to do, I did. Okay. However I wanted to do it, I yep. did it. And you were the classic bad boy. I was the bad yeah. boy. And you know, we had the, uh, uh, the folks witnessing out on Main Street. And they'd ask the question, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Uh, yeah, worm dirt, go away. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. that, was, that was it. I had no, yeah. no reality of the Lord in any way, shape, or form. There was no heaven, there was no hell, there was nothing. Yeah. Well, I'd been broke up, stitched up, a couple of bones broken in my younger days, but uh, November 1st, 1982 was a day I'll remember. It was a Monday when a, uh, I was on a bicycle crossing an intersection, and a lady ran a red light broadsided me with her car doing approximately 65 miles an hour. Totaled her car. Uh, you totaled her car? Yes. Because we're talking me. about you and a bicycle, right? Yeah, the bicycle went under the car. That didn't do anything. Wow. My body tore her car up. And uh, I remember one thing from the accident, and that's looking at the roof of the store on the corner. It was a Circle K thinking, man, there's a lot of trash on that roof. And then I was trying to find a ground. And after that, a couple more a little wake-ups until I woke up in the hospital the next day. Hmm. And uh, started thinking, once I got out of the hospital, why am I still here? I know people die for a whole lot less, and this was a brutal crash. Hmm. Uh, so after about six months, I was back to walking and normal, as normal as John A. was. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started looking at that point. Why am I still alive? So I was in and out of every kind of a church. I was back in the Catholic church. That wasn't it. I went to a Mormon church. That wasn't it. I'm just in and out of everywhere trying to figure out, why am I still alive? Yeah. And then I ended up at Faith Evangelical Free, Tempe, Arizona. I grew up in Arizona. And uh, the Lord peeled the scales from my eyes one Sunday, and I was like, whoa, he's real. He loves me. He kept me alive. There's something else here that needs to go on. So... Uh, I was baptized, uh, started my life, but floundering from where I was to where I was going, still I wasn't serious about walking with the Lord. So you would say you had a genuine faith in Christ, but it took a while for it to actually kind of it, take root and start to transform it did. who and you it, were. Okay. It took so long that in the meantime I met a woman who was not a Christ follower and married her. Okay. Well, I learned over time what unequal yoke was, and that was that. Mm -hmm. It was a horrible six-year marriage, mm -hmm. uh, and that's when I left Arizona and came to Michigan because she didn't like the desert, so we moved to Michigan, 
and I was here for two and a half years, and I divorced her up here mm. uh, shortly after we got here. And I was done with women. After this, I was absolutely finished. And then I went back to church, found a church in Canton. I'm like, I like this place. Mm. And so I was back in church. And this leads us up to... So at some point, you got introduced, you got invited to a lunch by a buddy. Aye. Right. Okay, so let's push pause there. So we've kind of got the basic idea of John leading up to this point. Tracy, it's your turn. You're, at this point, you were, you were, hers is working, so we're good. Uh, you're married with kids, and you get introduced to this guy. What, what was life and marriage like for you up to that point? Okay, so you want me to start from the beginning? Yeah. I was born, so no <laughs> What year was that? No, I'm kidding. I'm old. I admit it. Um, so I am a Navy Coast Guard brat. Um, so I, my father traveled all over, mm -hmm. and I never remember him and my mom being married. They divorced when I was less than two. Okay. Um, and in order not to pay child support, my dad would transfer as often as he could. So um, I've lived a lot of places. Um, didn't really grow up in church at all. Um, my grandparents, my mother's parents, were Catholic in the sense that they took us to church, and that's when they went. It was like on Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. And um, I did go to catechism one summer um, when I was seven, and then I got hit by a car. You got hit by a car, <laughs> I got too? hit by a car. Oh I did not total the car. It kind of <laughs> did my face in. Yeah. Um, and th that was my last day. Hmm. So my experience and my thought processes behind, you know, faith and God was my mother's, mm -hmm. which was the only reason people go to church is to see who's with who and who's where and what. Mm -hmm. And um, you don't have to be in church to talk to God. Um, so that that was really my thing. And, yeah. and nobody's going to hell unless you're a Charlie Manson. And mm -hmm. I don't. This God isn't doing anything for anybody that I can see. So that was kind of my mindset. But stepping back a little, um, my father became a Mormon. Um, and when I was eight, it's kind of like this mandatory thing. If you're in a good Mormon family, um, you get baptized okay. as a Mormon. And I really kind of fought that. And I remember laying in my bed as an eight-year-old the night before. And... You know, I didn't know I was praying them, but I was just talking to God. I'm like, if you're really, if there really is a God, let me know. Well, I want to tell you what, nothing happened. Yeah. The bed didn't shake. There was no lightning. There's, you know, yeah. I didn't feel any. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, Ashley said that Jesus showed up and kissed her on the forehead. That didn't right? happen no, for you. No, no, right. there was there was no sense of yeah. anything, and I was like, okay, gotcha. Hmm. That's just you know. Um, so to progress the story, um, my morals presented my viewpoint and, sure. um, was pregnant very young and got married due to the pregnancy. And, uh, it was a very tumultuous, tumultuous did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Um, marriage, um, we were probably separated more than we actually wow, lived together. Okay. Um, for 10 years. How old were you when you got married? Uh, 17. Okay. So got pregnant the first time at 16. So, um, yeah, my parents had to sign. Um, hmm. Yeah, I was, I was pregnant, and we were already separated before I even had the baby. Wow. <laughs> so, but it, it was, yeah, 
it was very tumultuous. Um, what happened um, after five years, this time I left him and left him with babies. And uh, he ended up... So in, in previous separations, you had taken the kids with right. you. This time you're like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. You want to see what this is like? Have at it. Yeah, now, mind you, he worked afternoons. I worked days. So he didn't just abandon my kids. Right. You know, when I got off work, he was gone to work. Mm -hmm. So I could go over and do the things that a lot of dads, at least back then, didn't think to do. Like change the sheets and cut the fingernails, clean mm -hmm. the ears. You know, all those fun things. Yeah. Um, so anyways, after five years, um, and I left him, um, he called me up on New Year's Eve and wanted to know if I would come watch the kids so he could go out. And I was like, remember all those times you told me? If you can find a babysitter, you can go out. I've already got plans. Yeah. So he ended up watching the 700 Club, and through that, he was actually saved. He gave his life hmm. to Christ. He was raised in a Baptist church. Okay. Um, so the next day he got up and he went to the church where he was raised and, you know, um, so he kind of progressed from there. So then he ended up taking my children, mine, um, to this church, which I'm like, only crazy people go to church. Hmm. Um, and he put my kids in the nursery and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not okay. Um, so I went and I sat in the nursery just to see what kind of wow. this cult people are doing to yeah. my children, <laughs> you know, those Baptists. I think there's just... a couple moms back in Fieldstone Kids right now with the same question. Yeah, yeah. What's going so on? I spent a f several <laughs> weeks just hanging in the, the, the my kids were really yeah. little then, so they were, we were back there and talking to, you know, the people that were volunteering mm -hmm. their time mm -hmm. back there. And I don't really remember how long, but I ended up sitting in the church um, and the very first Sunday that I sat in there, I was blown away because he actually opened the Bible and preached from the Bible. I was, like, mind blown. I had never heard that before. Yeah. Um, so the story progresses, and um, it was Easter Sunday. See, this sounds like it's headed towards my husband found Jesus, and I found Jesus, and now we're happily ever after. But I don't think it goes that yeah. direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I have a really amazing um, come to Jesus story. Mm -hmm. So if you guys want to hear it, I'll share it. Yeah, you go know. for it. You want me to? Yeah. Okay. So Easter Sunday, um, I'm in charge. And mind you, everybody in this church knows me. Not that I know that, but they're all praying for me, mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me, because that would have been really weird. Um, mm -hmm. So it's Easter Sunday, and the pastor's telling the story of Christ. And it's just kind of, you know, I didn't understand the veil being, you know, I was totally uncharged. Right. But the the realness that there was a God, that Christ was God, that the things that he, they did to him just leading up to that cross was from what I had done. Hmm. And it was like I had blocked everything else out. It didn't matter about anybody else. It was all that I had done this to him, hmm. um, that he actually paid for all those sins that I had done. So it became really real. So at the end, there's the normal Baptist altar call, and we're all standing there. And there were 19 of us that went down that morning. Um, and I was the last one. I kind of get ahead of myself here. But there was a real battle going on. So back sure. when I was eight years old, when I said nothing happened, well, it wasn't the case this time. Hmm. 
it was just an internal battle. I was just like, I need to go down there. Oh, no, I ain't walking one foot out of this aisle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, I almost felt like I was really being torn back and forth. And it was like a now or never. I really felt like, I need to go down there now. Yeah, like if I walk I, out of here today, that's, that's it. it, yeah. That's it. So, um, and then my husband wouldn't move. <laughs> I'm like pushing. But um, so I get down there and I look at the pastor and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, I'm like bawling, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, he, he kind of walked me through the prayer. But mm -hmm. that, that is when I became a Christ follower. Wow. Um, I failed him over and over again. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. yeah. So that's how I became a Christ follower. So that was five years into the marriage. Mm -hmm. My husband was an alcoholic, and when he um, got saved, he quit drinking immediately. Hmm. But unfortunately, all of those things that go along with being an alcoholic didn't go away. Wow, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was still, it was still a very difficult um, trying time. Yeah. Yeah, and you had mentioned when we talked before, you mentioned some abuse, threats, even things against your son. You know, yes, so yeah. So the, the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me, you know, as a mom, I know a lot of you guys can probably relate. It's like you'll do anything for your kids, mm -hmm. including staying in a bad marriage. Um, and for me now, I'm a Christ follower. You don't, you don't get divorced. Mm -hmm. That's just not something that we do if you're a good Christian, right. you know. Um, but we lived in a trailer, and I was in the kitchen, which was in the front of the trailer. And the last room in the trailer was our bedroom, and right before that was the bathroom. And so I had Joshua, my, at the time, six-year-old, seven, six, six-year-old. He was in the bathtub, and his dad was in there getting cleaned up and getting ready to leave. And I heard the sound of a wet body being hit. Hmm. And so, of course, I high-tiled it down there yeah. just in time to see him fall to the floor. So I don't know what happened. I don't know what caused it. Um, but the next day is when things kind of happened for me. He got off the school bus. He was wearing a turtleneck. And this was, um, I'm going to say it was, it was right before school got out. May, June, so it was pretty warm yeah. by the time he got off the bus, and he's yeah. just a ball of sweat, and I'm like, Josh, just get in there, change, put a t-shirt on, you know, um, and so at six years old, he doesn't come out, he doesn't come out of his room, so I go in there, and as a mom, I just, Josh, I told you to change your mm -hmm. shirt, and I go to take off his shirt for him, and he's got bruises around his neck. Wow. So the very same day, him and his three-year-old sister and his older brother are playing Don't Break the Ice. You guys probably know that little game. Well, I'm in the kitchen fixing food, and all of a sudden Joshua takes the little plastic hammer to his three-year-old sister, and he starts wailing on her for whatever reason. But I asked him why he did that, and the words that I remember coming out of his mouth were, she made me do it. And that's what his dad used to say. If mm. you hadn't done X, I wouldn't have had to have done yeah. you know, X, Y, Z. So, yeah. yeah. So you were, if I remember right, you were taking classes, going to school and things, preparing yourself right. to get out of there. Yes. Um, things were already, I mean, before that, they were yeah. just so yeah. bad, so emotionally bad. And, you know, the physical stuff was there. Um, and I knew that I had to do something 
to be able to take care of my kids. Yeah. You know, we lived on welfare the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I was in, I was going to school. And uh, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So coming so, into the time when you guys were introduced, you already had these thoughts in your head of like, I all right, when made, I can, I'm getting out of here. I mean, I yeah. had the plan. You had the plan. My mom and dad knew everything. My brother wow. was ready to take me in across the country. You know, it was just walking the steps of my plan. Yeah, yeah. So. so you've got that in your head, and then your husband meets John at church. Um, and I remember you saying you, you, your husband would, would invite people over just to hang out, so he could, he could watch the game, and you'd have somebody to hang out with, and that kind well, of thing. Well, it wasn't and, so much for me to have somebody to hang out yeah. with, but he was really into sports, mm -hmm. um, to the point that if there was a game on, which just about any time of the year, there's some kind yeah. of game on, but he would take his chair and pull it around right in front of the TV, put his TV tray there, and just ignore anybody he's invited mm -hmm. over. So either you're really into sports with him yeah. or you're kind of left out. Yeah, gotcha. So you get so introduced to John. You guys meet each other. Uh, John's over for lunches. You're going on Goldwing rides <laughs> yes. um, at your husband's encouragement. Yes. And your husband's busy watching the game or whatever else. Yeah. So how did, how did your friendship evolve? Uh, I'd have to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, the culmination came when the I hated Michigan with a passion. I okay. Left the desert. The state of Michigan. Here. Huh? The state of Michigan? The weather. Okay, yeah. gotcha. It, it just, I came here from a 90 degrees to ice and snow, and the day I got here, I knew I was going to leave when gotcha. I opened up the door of my gotcha. Suburban, closed it. We've all had those fell thoughts on my backside from time to time, done. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, I got a job offer to move back down to Texas, not Arizona, but at least it's in the south. And uh, at that point, I think, was kind of the culmination when I was leaving and she was like, I guess, we're friends, we're very good friends at that mm -hmm. point, but she said, I'm never going to see you again. And I guess that was the reality that kind of took a turn in my heart. And you had seen, and, and, or at least she had told you about some of the stuff that she was experiencing. Some of it, not okay. all of it, but some of yeah. it. Yeah. For me, um, so what would happen when he would come over, because John is not into sports, mm -hmm. um, is that my mom and dad lived right a couple mm. of trailers down, and they would always come over, and we would play cards, and just, mm -hmm. you know, we got to know each other. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, so we just got to be really good friends, um, and we really never spent any time alone. No. Except for the motorcycle ride, and then this one day it just started downpouring on us. We went into a big boy, I think big it's boy, not there yeah. anymore, um, and sat there for a few hours, just you know, face to face, mm -hmm. talking and sharing. And and I think that for me, that's where emotionally, mm. I was like, ooh, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so you, so you're getting ready to move to Texas. You're kind of experiencing her plight a little bit. You're ready to go. You're realizing we're never going to see you again. I, my kids love you. I think maybe I love you. And so you go with them. And that was a point where I knew I really liked this woman. She mm -hmm. was awesome. Loved her as who she was. It was at that point, I guess, my turning point when it was I loved her and I didn't want to not be with her. Gotcha. So... If that makes sense. Yeah. So, he was my, my knight in shining armor. Yeah. He saved me from a really bad situation. Right, right. 
So what we have here is a very messy situation. Oh, yeah. You're previously married. You are married. He's your knight in shining armor. But even you, as we've talked, you looking back like this is not an okay scenario. No. Right? No. And that's where, you know, like as we tell some of these stories in the series, like there are circumstances that come up that we would we'd say like this shouldn't be happening. Right. Right? Yeah. We were right. both Christians and how did we get here? Right. How, right. You know, right. It's like, right. Yeah. So, so, so you moved to Texas and I think you said it, as soon as you could, you... you uh, initiated the divorce with your husband. Mm, I, I think it was initiated before I actually. Left. Okay, it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. and that went final, and you guys got married shortly after. Within weeks. Within weeks. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. so you're into this new marriage. For you, it kind of it's a way out. Like this is a fresh start. I love this guy. Yeah. He's my knight in shining armor. Maybe this will fix everything. But at the same time, you're bringing a ton of baggage to it. Oh yeah. You're bringing a ton of baggage to it. The steamer um, trunk's full of it. Yeah. So as individuals, you're both bringing baggage, and your new marriage that is starting is creating its own unique baggage because of the way it started, because of the way you met, and all of those mm. things. Yeah. So, Tracy, um, I think at some point you said when you look back on that, knowing what you know about God, God would have wanted to heal your first marriage. Yeah, right? And he, and, he, mean, and he wouldn't have been pleased with the scenario right. that was playing out. No, and so, I did. I but prayed. here you are, right? I prayed and I prayed. In fact, my husband told me that God wouldn't fix him because I didn't pray enough. Mm. He had to fix me first. But I did. I prayed so hard for my first marriage, and I did not understand. Right. That is what God would have wanted. Right. So, Right. Yeah. So, okay, so talk about how this ended up playing out for you as a couple. I'm assuming... All sunshine and roses, right? Well, for me, it was <laughs> all sunshine and roses. Um, for me, it was so many times better than my first marriage mm-hmm. that even though we had little disagreements and stuff, it it was nothing. Yeah. You know, you just let it go. Yeah. So for you, it was it was like this is an amazing man, but you were still struggling with how the marriage actually came to be. As a, I had, I did have some guilt. Um, I struggled with it a lot more. His guilt was different than mine. I can say that for yeah. him because I'm me. No. Smart. <laughs> That's, right. But, That's right. But my guilt had more to do with the fact of the timing of us getting together. I knew there was no way that my first marriage was going to work. Mm-hmm. There's just no way. Um, I mean, looking back, I should have stayed. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should not have stayed in the house. Right. Um, but I should have stayed. So I did have some guilt over mm-hmm. that. But for me, it was more of a timing gotcha. issue. And John, you were you were struggling with it more, you said? I was feeling a lot of guilt because in my heart, in my head, everything she said that she was already on her way out, I saw myself as the one who took her out of a marriage. Mm. And to me, I broke up her home. Gotcha. And that... That weighed heavily for many, many years and many, many counseling sessions. Hmm. Which, of course, impacted our marriage. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then I'm assuming, you know, as you guys, you know, continued in your marriage, the struggles and the baggage that you both bought, both brought, that those just didn't go away, right? Like, what were some of the things that played out even within your marriage over Gosh. the years? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I brought a lot of my baggage in, and... There have been times where I have strayed off because I was so frustrated with some of the things going on mm-hmm. because 
I wanted a way out. Uh, and because of that, I have hurt my wife extremely deeply, hmm. extremely. We have been separated a few times. Uh, the first few times were my fault. I'm done. We separated. Uh, the last time she moved out, she was like, I'm done with you. She moved out. We were living a crazy cycle for hmm. 15, 18 years, 20 years. Wow. I don't know. It was a mess. So um, you got to a point where you're both done. Right. Right? And you would say, and, and it's interesting just knowing both of you and hearing this story already, like, you would both say, yes, we believed in Jesus. We both had a genuine faith, but up to that point, it hadn't had a super tangible impact on your life and on your marriage. So you guys get to a point where you're, you're done. I'm, I'm we're not done. We are done with each other, but we're not done with each other. The D okay. word's not on the table. Okay. We've been to the point where I talk to a lawyer. Okay. But the D word's not on the table. I'm, okay. I'm not going to get a divorce. So, if you're, I'm, I'm <laughs> so forced, what are you okay? talking to the lawyer about, John? Just like taxes and stuff or what? You know, no. Uh, the, the goofy, uh, just in case, okay. I need to be prepared. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's not on the table, but it's in the oven being cooked, and at some point the yeah, D word much. may be on the table. Okay, yeah, okay, all right. pretty much. The okay. bell didn't go ding yet. Well, all right. the bell was very close to dinging. It was. Okay. We were ding. before a judge in Texas. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that yet... Whole, that whole story's got its own little... Yeah. And yet here on June 17, 2018, you're sitting here and you're married. By the grace of God. Yeah. Only uh, by the grace so of God. So what happened? Because you, you had separated multiple times. You're both a mess. Your marriage is a mess. The D word's not on the table, whatever. Uh, this last one's her fault, and I am so <laughs> okay, grateful right. for it. No, wait, 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 wait. I am so grateful for it. Okay, the good part's her fault. Good, okay, okay, okay. The good part's so, her fault. So yeah. how, how are you still here talking about this today? What, what happened? All right, so... I was house-sitting for my grown son, and um, on the nightstand, there was a book, because I was so bored, and I picked it up and read it, so I'm going to give a little shout-out to uh, Dr. Emerson Egerich in Love and Respect. Okay. That was the name of the book, Love and Respect. You guys can Google it. Um, and the book was really revealing to me. God really used that book to speak to me. It was not like, oh, my gosh, i got to save my mm -hmm, marriage, mm -hmm. but it was being able to see myself through John's eyes. So I know a lot of you have heard of Say This and we'll... we'll Pink. Blue. <laughs> um, you know, he <coughs> sees and hears through his wiring, mm -hmm. and I see and hear things through my wiring, and they're just not the same. Yeah. Um, and so we get on this crazy cycle, and it's very based on Ephesians 5, you know, about um, a woman respecting her husband and, and the husband loving the wife. Unconditionally. And the crazy cycle is when I feel hurt, I feel unloved, like mm -hmm. he is not loving me. And when mm -hmm. he feels hurt, he feels like I'm disrespecting him. And so we get on this cycle. We pull apart, pull apart, hmm. yeah. angry and angrier. Yeah, and for us... When we get angry with each other, we tend to not communicate. Yeah. Well, verbally. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Doors can close a little yeah. harder. Yeah. Um, so, so we were like, so in the book, at the end, it suggests writing this letter. And I still have no intentions of getting back with him. Mm -hmm. um, I was not going to divorce him at this point. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I've kind of been down that road. Yeah. This isn't 
it doesn't matter. I'm never going to be with another man anyway. Right, right. So, um, but I did want to write him the letter and tell him about those things that I that I did respect him for. Mm-hmm. Um, I came home to where I was living and opened the door, and there was a spiral-bound notebook with writing on it, her writing, and I went and I'm looking at it, and I read it. And I, she respected me for what I was doing, my working ethic, and I'm like, uh, what does she want? <laughs> That's what he came. Yeah. He came over to yeah. he came over to the apartment, yeah. and he's like, "What do you want?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, nothing. "Nothing. I just wanted to tell you this." And that, I cannot tell you what that did in my heart. Instantly, mm-hmm. I mean, and she asked me in the letter as well as talking. To me, she says, "Please read the book." You know, she didn't want to get back to that. She wanted me to read the book. Well, it's one of the books I picked up that was cover to cover within hmm. a very short period of time. Uh, and as she said, revealing, extremely revealing to me. Uh, wow, you know, we're different, lo and very behold. Different. And yeah. along with Justin's uh, dreams, expectations, and resentments, <laughs> man, I tell you what, yeah. that, that just hit home very hard. So through Dr. Egrich's and the love and respect and again, the grace of God. It was, it was a gift that was presented to us that we needed hmm. desperately. And that is probably our saving grace right there. Yeah. Well, I think it the was tool. a process. Yeah. It was the a tool, tool. Yeah. but it was a process. Because yeah. um, you did a conference together. We did go to a conference. We did to Grand Rapids for it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I refused to get back together with him mm-hmm. um, in the sense that we were living back together. Um at one point, I I was just still so devastated over yet again another marriage that I mm-hmm. failed. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, fine, God, you don't want to help me in any of my marriages, you yeah. know, it's fine. So quit going to church and was um, becoming very depressed again, which I've had a problem with in the past. Um, and one Sunday, I, I just felt driven. I needed. I needed to go find somebody because my depth of despair was getting so bad again. Um, and I ended up walking back into this church that I had become. We had started with this church when they were meeting in a school. Um, but now they're a mega church. And I walk in and I don't know hardly anybody. But my eyes connect with the one person that knows my whole story. Hmm. She knows all the dirt on both of us. And our eyes connected from across the room. And she immediately came over to me. And I'm just like... I've just lost my faith. Mm. I just have no faith left. And she said, Tracy, it's just a grain of mustard, Mm. just a grain of mustard. And uh, I'm like, I think I can do that. Yeah. So then there is CR, which is Celebrate Recovery. I'm going to give a shout out to them also. Mm. It was part of our healing process. It is a 12-step, a Christian 12-step program for anybody that struggles with hurts, habits, or hang-ups. Um, everybody. Which, yeah, which is everybody, or yeah. you're not living in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a big process. So we did the book, the conference, we yeah. did CR, we went to counseling. So, I mean, it wasn't just Yeah, so a it wasn't thing. like an overnight thing, but that no. was kind of that first step in that direction. It was right. the sports. Yeah. All right, so yeah. I want to fast forward. we got to yeah. wrap up a little bit. <laughs> right. But um, what, what about now? I imagine it, it still isn't an easy road. You know, marriage is still, you know, it's uh, something you have to work easy. at. Yeah. So, but what, you, you guys said something very interesting. What, what's your commitment to now? Like, what, what holds you together in, in these days? God, God. first. God. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Without him in the center of our household, mm. uh, at times, 
I'm not very good about taking the time to pray or the devotion, mm. but I still seek after. Yeah. And he is responsible for all that is good in our lives. And wow. he is the one, without him, we wouldn't be together right now. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, real quick to say, uh, everybody's got a favorite Bible verse. I got to just say, when I started reading the Bible four years ago from front to back, Deuteronomy, Numbers, where people are always going, oh. <laughs> it, it, it was incredible as it came alive in front of me, living word about how thorough God was with instructions to his people on what to do, that they couldn't meet up with that, but they were there, laid out, and what to do if they did wrong, and on and on and on. And we got to Kings, first and second Kings, and looking at how God, even back in the Old Testament, was by his people, loved his people. And if they sought him, hmm. he protected them. He took care of them. He did everything for yeah. them, blessed them immensely. But when he turned from him, he didn't smite them, but he allowed them to face their consequences. Hmm. And as soon as they turned back to him, he blessed them again. Yeah. What a loving God, patient God. The stuff that I've done in my life and in our marriage, yet he is still there loving us, hmm. loving me. Uh, I'm clean in his eyes after he sent his son Son came down to earth for us yep, to pay good. for my boneheadedness, and yet he loves me, and I'm clean. Yeah. Man, that, that's a gift that that's I can't buy anywhere. That's good. So when we met uh, a few weeks ago, um, a song just kept kind of churning in my heart and my head as we were talking, and we're going to sing it in a second. Brian and Miriam, Miriam are going to come up, and, and we're going to close with that song. But I, I've got a, a passage of Scripture. It's interesting you mentioned the Old Testament because... That's where this comes from, and the Israelites are in the midst of that cycle of like you know disobedience, punishment, and then repentance and blessing and all that stuff. So it's in Ezekiel chapter 36, um, and just for a little context, the Israelites are in exile to the Babylonians. They've they've been conquered by Babylon. They've been taken out. They're they're slaves to a foreign country. Jerusalem has been destroyed. This glorious city that has been their their home base. Everything is lost. Hope seems lost. Um, and then listen to what it says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 33 to 36. It says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. When I cleanse you from your sins, I'll repopulate your cities and the ruins will be rebuilt. The fields that used to lie empty and desolate in plain view of everyone will again be farmed. And when I bring you back, people will say, this former wasteland is now like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned and ruined cities now have strong walls and are filled with people. And then the surrounding nations that survive will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruins and replanted the wasteland. For I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I say. God says, what, I, what is destroyed, I will rebuild. What is desolate, I will turn into a beautiful garden. What is weak and vulnerable, I will fortify and make strong again. That's a promise that he makes to us. So what's more difficult, rebuilding an entire city or rebuilding one marriage? Restoring an entire countryside or restoring one family? We have a family photo to put up there. This is the Akshamovich crew. That is actually missing one daughter-in-law yeah. and one and a half grandchildren. So that half will be due in October. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot about these guys' story that if you were to meet me for coffee, I would talk you out of. <laughs> there are some decisions that were made. There were some roads that were taken mm -hmm. that even these guys would discourage you from doing. Um, mm -hmm. But even in the midst of that mess, in the midst of the desolation, in the midst of the city in ruins, God said, I got some plans. I got some things I'm going to do. 
and he turned it into something beautiful. We are a broken vessel. Pretty amazing. And, that, and I have learned, I don't know if this is still on, um, we're only as, as sick as our secrets. Hmm. So it's all out there, folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we give these guys a hand real quick? <laughs> Thanks, guys.